0: Well, a pastor and his wife invited a large group of people over for dinner one evening. And as the people were gathering around the table, the pastor's wife asked their little six-year-old daughter, honey, would you please say the blessing? And the little girl said, but I don't know what to say. So the mom said, well, just say what you always hear mommy say. So the Laurel girl nodded and bowed her head and everybody got all real quiet. She said, oh dear Lord, why on earth did we invite all these people to dinner? (laughs) No matter how young or old you are, God invites you to talk to him in prayer. And while it is true that prayer is this incredible opportunity For you to address the almighty God of the universe, right? Who sits enthroned in power and majesty and glory. What if prayer is more than that? What if God is also a close personal friend who simply wants to hear about the highs and the lows of your normal everyday life? What if the God who spoke the galaxies into existence also wants to chat with you. So today what we're doing is we're going to um, start a new series called Let's Chat. And and we're going to be reminded of the fact that our Lord wants to have this close, intimate relationship where we connect with him through this thing called prayer. And while there are all kinds of models and, and different types of prayer that exist out there, Uh, I thought to myself, well, why not pick the one that Jesus taught? Why not use the model that we know and love as the Lord's Prayer? And and it is a a prayer, after all, that meets all of our physical and spiritual needs. So over these next six weeks, starting with today, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this prayer called the Lord's Prayer. We're going to learn what it means to chat with God. And as I begin, I'd like to just invite you to say with the disciples, Lord, teach me. To pray, teach me to pray And just understand that's exactly what he's waiting to do But you need to commit to this as well Otherwise this is going to be six long weeks of nothing but a bunch of words, right? So whether you're here today or you're watching from home Commit to coming each week Commit to coming with a heart and a mind that is ready and receptive And while you're at it, sign up for a small group Just go online. If you want to go online right now, I'll give you full permission. Go on your little phone and and find our website. And seriously, find that little thing that says events and signups, a little yellow box. Click on it. You'll see these different small groups that are available. And here's why I encourage you to do that. We are living at a very socially distant time, right? People are isolated from one another. This is a great opportunity for you to build community with a couple of other people who eventually become good friends, People who are gonna pray with you and and love you and support you and and, and laugh with you. And and these are people that you're gonna study God's word. You're gonna dig a little bit deeper into the Lord's prayer and you're gonna pray together. It's just, it's awesome. So if you haven't had a chance to do so yet, please make sure that you sign up. It will not only bless you spiritually in your walk with Christ, but it will also bless uh, bless you relationally. All right, well, when it comes to prayer, I think that if we're honest with ourselves, we would have to admit that we don't pray as much as we know we should, right? We don't. We know we should pray more than we, than we do, but we just, we just don't. And there are any number of reasons why. Uh, what, one of those reasons that I'd like to share with you It just revolves around the whole matter of who, all right? And that matter of who arises because of confusion over God's nature. People mistakenly think God's always angry at them. Or that God is disappointed with them. Or God is always judging them and condemning them. And that's not true. But some people think that. And that's why they don't pray as often as they know they should. Another matter is the matter of where. And that arises because of confusion over God's location. All right, people know that God is in heaven, but boy, heaven seems so far away, right? It's like it makes God almost remote and distant and kind of detached, and again, this isn't true, but as a result, people think that prayer is something you have to go through and to kind of flag down God's attention, you know, flag, flag God down and get his attention, A third reason why sometimes people don't pray as often as they know they should revolves around the matter of what. And that arises because of confusion over the content. In other words, some people are confused about what they should be praying for or what God is interested in hearing from them as they pray or even what good does it do if they pray in the first place. Now there are, I'm sure, many other reasons why People don't pray as much as they should, as they know they should. But what I'd like to do is look at these three core reasons that I just shared with you and dig deeper into them and explain how Jesus answers that in this prayer called the Lord's Prayer. So the first matter, remember, is the matter of who. In other words, to whom should you be praying? And Jesus answers that in the Lord's Prayer immediately by saying, Our Father. And while it is easy for you to just breeze right past those words when you're praying the Lord's Prayer, that is a very important section. In fact, I would argue that it is the most unique opening of any prayer in the history of prayer to start by saying, Our Father. And here's why I say that. A name identifies what type of relationship that you have with that other person, right? If it's a formal relationship, you will address them as you know, doctor or Mister or Misses or Pastor. If it's a friend or a coworker or a neighbor, it's more of a, a name, uh, you know, their first name or maybe even a nickname. If it's a family member, it might be a pet name like Little Buddy or Nana or Sweetie or Schnookums or whatever. I don't know. So. In my life, there are only three people on earth who will call me dad. And that single word captures my attention every single time. When I'm answering my phone and on the other line, I hear dad, that instantly connects me to one of my three kids. And that connection is stronger than iron. And that means everything that they say, any request that they might have, any confession that they might make, all revolves around this context of my relationship to them as their dad. What does that all mean? Here's where I'm going with this. When Jesus invites you to start your prayer with the word Father, that's a big deal. You got to understand, that's huge. No other religion in the world addresses God like that, but you can. Father is an affectionate, tender word that not only children use, but adults use as well. And so Jesus invites you to to address God as father, just like he does. To think of God as your father, a father just as a, a, and, and with the same trust and confidence that any child would have as they go to their earthly father. Now, another name for father in the Bible that we read about is the word Abba. I don't know if you've heard of that word or not, but it's best translated papa or daddy. Very intimate word. And and I'll tell you right now, that word Abba opens up the possibility of unheard of intimacy with God. Again, no other religion in the world addresses God as Abba or father, but you can. You can start off your prayer, every prayer by saying father, Abba, daddy. How cool is that? Now you might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, Pastor Z, I just I, I it's been years since I've seriously prayed. It's been a long time. Or I just don't know if prayer's gonna do me any good. Or I, I just don't have the time, at least not to do prayer thing right. And you know what? I get that? I do. But whenever that happens, you need to keep in mind these true truths. First, any thought or feeling that stops you from praying is directly from the devil. Satan hates you. Actually, he hates God more. But he doesn't want you to have a relationship with God. He doesn't want you to stay connected to God in his power. So he's gonna put into your mind all kinds of doubts and questions. And I'm just saying, look, if you're gonna pray, take those doubts and questions, send them aside, and you just start, and you say, Father. Second thing you need to know and remember is that God's heart is filled with love for you. He loves to hear from you because he is head over in love with you. He loves you more than anything in the universe, and you know that. He's proven it, Right? He's proven it by giving you his son, Jesus, who allowed, who allowed himself to be sacrificed and nailed to a cross so that you and I, so that anybody on earth who looks to Jesus in faith as our savior, so that we can be forgiven and saved and become part of God's family now and forever. That's amazing. And it's this God who says, I love you, who also says, I love to hear from you. I love it when you call me father, when you call me with that affectionate term, daddy. I love it when you tell me about what's going on in your day. I love it when you, when you thank and praise me, when you talk to me about your joys and your sorrows, when you ask me for wisdom or guidance or for help, when you confess your sin to me so they I can wash it away with my grace. I love it, just love, love, love it when you talk to me in prayer. So the answer to the who question is is, is, is simple. I mean, obviously you're approaching Almighty God of the universe, but Jesus says as you do that, just picture, picture God as a loving heavenly father, as your Abba, right, as your daddy, as somebody who loves you more than anything else in the world. Start, always start your prayer that way. Which leads me now to the second issue that, you know, we talked about earlier, and that's the whole item of where. Uh, In other words, where is God located? And Jesus answers that question in the Lord's Prayer. Okay, in Matthew's account, he says, our Father in heaven. And we know that, at least most of us know that. What a lot of people don't know, though, is where heaven is located exactly. Because people think, well, you know, it's out there past Jupiter, you know, just beyond Pluto, I'm sure. It's just around the corner from Alpha Centauri. I'm sure it's right there. They just don't know. All they know is that heaven, it's implied, is far away. Far away. And so they, again, mistakenly think that they have to go through life all alone because God's up there in heaven. They're down here on earth, and so they're doing life all by themselves, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're all alone. But you know what the word for heaven is? The word for heaven in the Greek, it's uranos, from which we get the name for the planet Uranus. In the Greek, though, when Jesus is teaching this prayer, our Father in heaven, that word heaven is plural. So uranos is plural. It it actually means, uh, you could literally translate it, our Father, the one in the heavens. Heavens. Now, in the New Testament, that word heavens is used in different ways. Certainly, it is used to refer to heaven, right? The dwelling place of God, which, by the way, is a spiritual realm because God is a spirit being. It's not a physical place just located outside the Milky Way galaxy. It also, the word heavens also refers, however, to the universe. They didn't have the word for universe back in Jesus' day, so they called it the heavens, and that refers to the stars you see at night and the blue sky that we see today. Gorgeous day today. What's really cool, though, is that word heavens also refers to this, the air around you, the air that you're breathing. Everybody take a breath, take a deep breath, and now exhale that. Okay, the word heavens refers to that. And here's 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 why I'm mentioning this, okay? I, I honestly wonder if when God, when Jesus is teaching us the Lord's Prayer, and he says, our Father in the heavens... I can't help but wonder, is Jesus actually referring to the air that we're breathing? He's not saying necessarily our Father from a time long ago in a galaxy far away, but rather our Father who's all around me, like the air that I'm breathing, and who is so close to me that I will never, ever be alone. How how wonderful is that? To know God is closer than the air that you're actually breathing right now. Now let me just talk a little bit about posture. Because people read in the Bible, people are standing when they're praying. They're kneeling when they're praying. uh, They're laying face down with their face down to the ground. Flat on the ground, praying. People pray with their hands up, with their head up, with their head down. What's the appropriate way or inappropriate way to pray? And the answer is there is no right or wrong way. The goal is to use your posture, whatever that posture may be, whether your head is you know, bowed and your hands are folded and your eyes are closed, whatever it might be. The goal is to use your posture to direct your heart and your mind to God in that moment. Does that make sense? You want to use however you're praying to focus on the God whom you call Father. That's, that's the goal. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just that's how God wants you to pray. For me, when I confess, my head is usually bowed in humility and just help me focus. There are times when I'm praying a prayer of praise and just my head just, it's up. I just catch myself that way. It just happens. There are times when I'm praying for guidance and I got my hands out like this. Like, okay, Lord, whatever you say, I'm open to it. I pray when I'm walking. I pray when I'm driving. Uh, I pray when I'm st- you know, sitting across the table looking at a person right in the eye. When I first entered into the ministry, about five years into the ministry, I was frustrated with my prayer life. And, and so uh, I, I was talking to a pastor buddy of mine. He's kind of a mentor for me. And, and he said, well, instead of doing what you normally do for your prayer routine, how about this? How about doing, going out and doing something you love and invite Jesus with you. I'm like, that's brilliant. And so I went fishing <laughs> and I took Jesus with me. It was amazing. I was out there, it was this beautiful fall October day. Uh, it's in Minnesota, but it was a beautiful blue sky. Like it's the colors of the trees had already changed. And it just like it came right out of Disney. A deer walks out of the woods. It never happened before, never has happened since. Deer walks out of the woods and drinks water right out of the lake. And I'm like, that's cool, Lord. And I'm praying, I'm thanking God for the fish that I'm not just fishing for, but catching, which is a big deal. And it's just, it was awesome. It was amazing. Two, two weeks ago, my wife Carla and I, we went down to the farmer's market in Medina. Have you ever been there on the square? It's a neat place. I just caught myself praising God for the warm sunshine and the breeze and Carla's hand that I was holding. It was awesome. There's nothing so wonderful as being able to see and, and to comprehend all that God is doing for you and then to just say, Father, thank you for being such an amazing God. Right? It just doesn't get any better than that. To address the God of this universe as your father, as your Abba, your daddy, and to realize that He is, he's all around you, like the air that you're breathing. He's right there with you in that moment. There's a third area that we want to address as well, and that's the whole area of what. In other words, for what should you be praying? And obviously, God is interested in you because he loves you. So he's interested in every request that you may have, no matter how silly, no matter how trivial it might be. So the answer to this question is that God wants you to pray about everything. Because guess what? God cares about everything that's going on in your life. And we'll address this more as we dig into the Lord's Prayer, especially that area where we talk about our daily bread. But for right now, what I'd like to do is address and look at the first petition. In the Lord's Prayer, there are seven petitions or seven requests. Okay, so this first one is pretty simple, four words long. Hallowed be thy name. Now we've talked a lot about names today, haven't we? We've talked about names. And we also, I think, need to understand that in the Bible, a name isn't just always a label for somebody else. It also is this. A name is a reflection of a person's character and identity. So when Jesus invites you to say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, he's inviting you to think about God's character and identity. Now, the word hallowed, that's not a word we use a lot. What does the word hallowed mean? Anybody know? Holy, Holy. that's right. It means holy. So in your mind, when you say, hallowed be thy name, you're saying, Lord God, help me to keep you and your name holy, to give it the honor and recognition that it deserves because God's name doesn't always get the honor and recognition that it deserves. A man walked into an antiques store. It was pretty much junk, but this guy was an expert, so he knew what he was looking for. As he walked in, he saw a cat eating food out of a bowl, but he noticed that this bowl was actually a vase from the Ming dynasty. It was worth a fortune, but there it is on the floor, cats eating out of it. So you think, this is going to be easy. The owner obviously doesn't know what kind of vase this is. So he goes and he finds the owner. He said, I saw your cat there, and I really am attracted to that cat. I'll give you $200 for that cat. And the owner said, well, yeah, it's not really worth anything. and Besides, I'm kind of a, a, attached to it. He said, I'll give you $500 for the cat. The owner said, okay, all right, you can have the cat. And then the guy says to the owner, well, and I'm going to need something to feed the cat with. So, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll throw in $10 bucks for that bowl that's on the ground. And the owner said, oh, no, 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 I could never do that. That's actually a vase from the Ming dynasty. It's worth a fortune. But the silliest thing is, ever since I started putting food in it, I've sold 17 cats. (laughs) All of you attach value to things. Sometimes things that are worth a fortune don't get the value that they deserve. Right, If you ever watch Antiques Roadshow, right, the guy buys this painting from a garage sale, it's five bucks and it's worth tens of thousands of dollars. It happens. But it also happens with God's name. God's name, remember, it, re- it represents his character, his identity, his person, his heart, his majesty. Yet we live in a world that trashes God's name, don't we? Right, It blasphemes it, it profanes it. It uses God's name carelessly. I don't know how many times I hear, oh my God. And they're not praying. They're they're using it out of surprise or out of disgust or out of anger or whatever. They use God's name carelessly. So Jesus says, no, 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 here's, here's what you should do. When you're praying, first request out of your mouth ought to be, God, help me to keep your name holy. May your indescribable goodness and majesty be so evident to me that I will give you and your name the honor and respect It deserves. See, that's what it means to hallow God's name, to keep it holy. It means two things. First, it means that you honor and respect God's name in your own personal life. That you say, Father, who's all around me, may your name dominate my heart and life. May your name, that's what it means. It means letting his name rule over you and guide and direct your day. And call the shots. His name. Not the name of your spouse. Not the name of your boss. Not the name of your coach or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Not any other God by the name of popularity or possessions or recreation or promotion or money or lust. God's name. And God's name only should rule. Now the bad news is that if you're like me. There are times when you do not honor God's name and give it the respect that it rightfully deserves. You may not say it verbally, but you show it in the way you live. That's the bad news. We don't let God's name rule and dominate our hearts and lives. The good news is that we can always go to God and admit that failure to him and trust that what Jesus accomplished on the cross in our behalf, that God will then take our sin and he'll wash it away. He'll, He'll forgive it by his grace. Jesus paid the penalty on that cross for all of our mistakes and failures. That's good news. It's good news because we mess up in this area. So when you pray, hallowed be thy name, you're asking God to help you to honor his name to give it the respect it deserves. But secondly, you're also saying in those four words, you're saying this, you're praying that God's name would be kept holy in everybody else's life too. I mean, everybody on planet Earth. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what this world would be like if everybody kept God's name holy in their life? Can you imagine that? That's what you're praying. That's what you're praying for when you don't just simply recite the words, when you don't just speak them mindlessly, but you honestly pray them. Now, over these next couple of weeks, we're going to, again, dive deeper into the Lord's prayer. And and I hope you do commit to coming each week again and again. I hope you at home continue to watch each week. I hope you join a small group. I hope you immerse yourself in prayer. Because it will not only change your life, but think about it. If every one of us immersed ourselves in prayer, it would change this church. Church. So let me just close with a couple of action steps for you this week. First, I'm gonna plug it again. Go online and sign up for a small group. Yeah, seriously, you don't know what you're missing. It is so much fun. Just to get to know in a church our size, it's easy to get lost and feel anonymous. We don't want you to feel that way. We want you to be engaged and feel connected. Small group is a way to do it. It's one more thing you got to do. No, no, no. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to worship. We want you to serve in some fashion. And we want you to get in God's word. Small group is exactly what that does. That's it. Three things. So sign up. Join a small group where you get to know a few other Christians, where you can dig deeper into God's word and grow in your walk with Jesus. Second, I want to challenge you to picture God as your Abba Father. Next time you're praying, don't just say God, say Father. Even be so bold as to say Daddy. Oh, that doesn't feel right. But Jesus tells you, right? Jesus is God. Jesus tells you to do that, right? He invites you to call God Father, Daddy. Use that tender picture image. In your prayer life. And then the third thing is let God's name rule and dominate all that you say and do. Let it rule over you so that you do keep God's name holy. And so that the people around you who see you will do so as well. All right, would you pray with me please? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, we thank you for revealing yourself to us as someone who loves us and cares for us. Thank you for revealing that you are always near, as close as the air that we're breathing right now, Lord. Help us, Father, to honor you, to keep you and your name holy in our hearts and our lives. And then bless this series as we seek to draw even closer to you through prayer. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' great name. Amen.